0: hello and welcome to the blackout podcast where i get to talk to amazing people who do amazing things and today my guest is Sean garrett the president and ceo of adunova thanks for coming to the podcast today
1: thanks for having me happy to be here
0: Yeah, so I remember um, there was a post on LinkedIn. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I saw Edunova, and then your website. I love your website, how it has all these squares of the many, many, many things that Edunova does for um, international students. I'm like, you know what? I want to find out more, so thanks for coming today. And what is Edunova? So
1: Edunova is a nonprofit cooperative we are made up of education providers in Nova Scotia. Uh, so we do essentially education and training. So we are made up of all of the universities in Nova Scotia, the public college system, so NSCC, K-12, so all of the students that are in, you know, right from kindergarten up to grade 12, uh, and language schools. Oh, wow. So essentially what we do is we support, there are membership. Uh, And we support them in the recruitment and retention of international students. Mm. So essentially what we're doing is supporting them to be successful. And then, of course, supporting international students that want to come to Nova Scotia Mm. to study, stay, live, thrive and have the experience of their lives.
0: Right. How how did you get to start working with EduNova? Yeah.
1: Well, if I think back, it's probably down to my love of travel. That's probably where it started. Oh, okay. So when I was in university, I did a study abroad experience in Japan.
0: Absolutely. Oh my God, that's like my dream country.
1: Yes, right? So lived with a Japanese family, studied Japanese, um, you know, learned the culture, taught English, uh, and then I came back, graduated from university. Then went back to Japan for three years, oh. and I worked in a corporate sales division for a foreign language institute. Oh,
2: right, so
1: right. Sharp, Sony, Hitachi, Tachibani, all, you know, Autodesk, cool Japanese uh, companies teaching English. Uh, traveled all around Southeast Asia, had a fabulous experience, came back. Um, did some work in Canada, but again, had the bug. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna
0: travel again.
1: Gonna travel again, went to China, lived in China for three years. I was a huh. high school principal there. Wow. For a British Columbia high school. Taught, um, coached soccer, taught psychology. Holy smokes! Fabulous experience. Mm. Came back, did some work, worked at NASCAD for a little while, and then went to the Middle East. I went to Qatar. Huh and I lived there for five years, and um, I was the Registrar at College of the North Atlantic there. There's a, Nova, or a Newfoundland College, rather, that's over in the Middle East. Mm. Um, learned loads and loads about uh, the Middle East, mm. politics, you know, all of language, uh, being Muslim, uh, Islam, like learned so much about religion, politics, culture, um, absolutely had a fabulous, fabulous experience, came back. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I think all of, if I think about it, all of those experiences being an international student or a learner or a minority in other countries
2: Mm.
1: made me, you know, empathize and feel for our international students here in Nova Scotia Mm. and know what it's like to be the other Um, and want to make sure I'm working for a place that aligns with my values, which is helping international students succeed abroad. Uh, Also, I was on the founding board of Edgenova back in 2004.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, okay. So full circle for you. So full
1: circle. So on the founding board, was a board member for many years, loved the organization, loved what they did, Um, and then did my travel. And then came back, kind of like you say, full circle. And now mm. I'm president and CEO.
0: So you're gonna travel again, or? Well, you know, COVID, <laughs> COVID has put a big jet oh, uh, right, 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 in right, travel.
1: Um, but you know, it the the world has changed so much with the pandemic. Mm. Um, a lot of what we did do was, you know, taking missions of people and and going to different countries to visit high schools and and see guidance counselors and do education fairs abroad. Mm. That's changed a lot. So now what's happened is there are education agents that are in these other countries. They they always were there, but. There's been an increased reliance on them. Uh, so now we're doing a lot of training of agents that are living oh. and working abroad that are sending students to Nova Scotia. Okay. So a little bit of some changing dynamics there. There is still travel happening, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing that's happened is there's a lot more attention being placed on retention of international students once they get here.
2: Mm.
1: So now we do have, you know, back when I started in international student recruitment when I was at Acadia, that was my first kind of foray into it. There weren't as many international students in Nova Scotia as there are today. It has mm. increased dramatically.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So universities are doing quite a good job of recruiting international students Some people might argue too good. (laughs) Um, But now there's a lot of focus on keeping them here, Mm -hmm. supporting them, you know, ensuring that they have all of the wraparound supports uh, and then helping them transition into their career, into their workforce Mm. and educating employers on what global talent we have right here in our backyard. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes gets missed. So we're funded by ACOA, um, the provincial government, uh, and our membership. So there's a lot of it t- attention Oh yeah, the members, th- the The schools. members, our schools yeah. pay yeah, a membership right. fee to a cooperative. Um, so essentially they wanna make sure that we're really supporting international students when they come here. Mm. So we started a study in state program seven years ago, and that program is designed entirely to support international students in their final year of university or college, oh. as the case may be. Mm. Um, so there's one of your questions that talks about data and metrics. So if you take a look at StatsCan data for 2021, only 11% of students that come to Nova Scotia, graduate, get their PR mm-hmm. within five years. National average is about 25%.
0: Oh, that's low.
1: Well below national average. So something going on there. Right. Of course, part of it has been historically. Students have gone to other provinces, Ontario for jobs, Alberta for jobs. But increasingly, Nova Scotia's got jobs. Mm. So how do we get international students ready and knowing about those jobs Mm. and with the network and the supports that they need to get those jobs. So that's what this program has been designed to do. Mm. So we have all of our students. So in the final year, we work with 100 students that are part of this program. There's a selection process. They're all matched with a mentor one-on-one in their field of study. So if they wanna go into IT, tech, healthcare, whatever it is, we match them up. They open doors, they help them with resume writing, they help them with interview skills. Uh, We do workshops, we do immigration workshops, we have programs to make sure that they have all of the supports that they need, Mm. that if you have the privilege of being from Nova Scotia and you grew up with your parents, friends, your friends, all of these networks, they come Mm. here, they don't have those. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to help them create those so that they can stay, if they wanna stay, of course, and, and succeed. So this program over the last seven years has a retention rate of 86% That's students.
0: Crazy, that are staying
1: and living in the province wow. and working in their field of study post-graduation.
0: What does the program do that it does so well that 86 is high, 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 Wild, high. Wild, hey? Yeah. yeah.
1: So I think, so one thing is it's iterative. So we, every single year, we're listening to the, listening to the students like, what do you need? What's happening? So it starts with research. So, we know that students want networking. We know they need a mentor. They know um, we know from w- from what they tell us. they don't know how to do interviews, resume writing. So we've tried to create the workshops, the supports, mm. the activities, the events that they need to be successful. So we do networking nights. So we have, you know, different employers in network with the students, meet them. Mm. Um, we do uh, retreats. So we take them down to Cornwallis and we do a full two days of programming, wow.
2: um, you
1: know, personal branding, how to brand yourself, how to write resumes. Um, and then, of course, all the networking, we have people come in, meet the students um, so we do networking nights, uh, retreats. We have a BEST conference. So BEST is building employment uh, for successful transitions. So we do oh. all kinds of, you know, workshops on how to transition into the workforce, mm-hmm. how to be successful once you get your job. Um, and then, of course, the mentoring. Often they're working one-on-one with a mentor every week or every couple of weeks. And that mentor is just you know walking them through, have you done this, have you done that? Let me introduce you to this person, let me introduce you to that person, mm. how to use LinkedIn, how to connect, how to network in this culture. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes it's distinctly different than the culture that they came from and they're kind of like you know what, what is, is happening going, here yeah. what is going on and winter and winter <laughs> and then winter happens, <laughs> you know yeah and so there's somebody there that's able to explain you know this is what's happening this is what's going on
2: right. yes
1: you know you might have not had your first successful interview what happened let's walk through it you know let's you know let's focus on ways to be successful so i think it's it's all of those supports it's the research and then it's knowing that we have to constantly change this program because mm. the world changes so fast. Mm. The immigration pathways change, immigration regulations change. You know, it's just a constant, you know, things are, are moving. So we're always moving and changing and making, you know, the supports dynamic
0: mm. for
1: those students.
0: You know, you mentioned something and I, I, I think to myself, like, I mean, you know, when, when I'm filling out a survey, I'm like, whatever. Mm. But the program works because you are somehow getting the, stu- um, you know, the participants who actually say what they want. How are you that successful? Well, in
1: getting them to say what they want? Mm. Well, I think, you know, over the last seven years, there's been a trust built
0: right.
1: between international students and Edgenova. Mm. They know we're here for them. We know we're their advocates. Mm. We know we're their, you know, we are their allies. I think, and I think we've done that through, you know, supporting now over 400 students, and they're all in their own communities, mm. and they share the word. You know, this is this I is a good place program, to go. Yeah. This is a good program. You know, you can trust them. This is, you know, this is legit. Uh, a legit way for you to be able to stay in this province, if that's what you want.
2: Mm.
1: So, and the other thing is, is they wanna pay it forward for other international students. So essentially we create an alumni association oh, for all of those students. Yes. And they then become the mentors because they were so impacted and helped by their mentor. Mm. It's kind of like, yeah, let me pay back, let me pay it forward. And there's a community. So, you know, we had a mentor appreciation uh, event this week. So we got everybody (laughs) together, had some snacks, shared some stories, um, and just told them how much we appreciate the work that they do because they're all volunteers and this program would not run without all of those volunteers. Mm. Like we could not do what we do. Mm. Um so we want to make sure they're appreciated and that they're coming back and they're, you know, continuously helping other international students. Mm. But one thing that I love that I hear because I'm always thinking how appreciative I am of the mentors. Mm-hmm. The mentors remind me, "Hey, listen, I'm getting as much out of this as because they're give, they're teaching me new language, new culture, I know that I have a place to go visit in the world, their family, you know, so it's this whole wonderful ways that those students give back to them and they feel so proud, you know, they graduate and, you know, they get a job and, you know, there's this real feeling of, of, of pride and joy for helping these students. So I think it's not only thanking the mentors, but the mentors are thanking the students. For everything that they bring to their lives, so it's kind of a, a yeah. circle, right? Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, you know, so I was going to ask what happens when they, I guess, get the job or whatever. But this alumni is is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful addition to Edunova, and I mean, it must be great for the participants. I can imagine it myself. It's like, oh wow, I use this program. It helped me so. Cause now, when you see an international student who's been there before, you know what that experience is like. You're like, I did this, and it also makes sense why that 87. States, you know, yeah, it it, it explains it a lot. So, um, you say COVID changed some things. Um, well, apart from the travel, what mm. are some other things that changed?
1: Well, you know, one of there's a few things that have changed. One is, and there's more than a few i'm sure we're going to be feeling the impacts of the changes of covid for years and years Mm. one thing is impact of online learning Mm. that has really impacted students especially international students that were in their first year that were in their first year in india or in uh, the bahamas or wherever they were Um, they had a whole different experience than if they came in person and went through orientation and did all of the things and met all of their friends. Mm. So online learning has made has impacted um, their learning experience. Um, mental health.
0: Oh yes.
1: Has and online learning has been a part of that, and not having community and not making friends. Um, but all of the stress of the pandemic has had a major impact on international students. Mm. And then we have mental health supports in Nova Scotia, but most of them aren't culturally distinct.
0: You know, yeah, that's something I actually never thought of until you mentioned it now because mental health is universal, it's global, but how I, as like, I'm from Nigeria and someone that is from here might have different experiences of... I'm not going to go and tell a therapist that this happened and stuff, but... You know, over the over time, you understand why that is useful. But culture is like, I don't know,
1: yeah, yeah. Like you, it, so you go, you're going to go to a therapist that has no idea about your culture, your country, your background. So you're going to go and have a conversation, and then you're going to spend like three hours trying to explain to them, ah, uh, no, it's not really like that because where I'm from, this is what we think about. Mental health supports or psychology, or mm. no. So, what the students are saying to us is there's not really anywhere that they can go with somebody that gets where they're from right. and the, all of the cultural, or religious, or political context. Of what they're experiencing here. Mm. And then there's all kinds of, you know, there's homesickness, there's, you know, there's all kinds of things mixed in, which really most of our mental health supports are not customized to do. Mm. So then they're sort of alienated because they try they actually get up the, the nerve to talk to somebody. And they're just like, yeah, they don't get it.
2: Mm. You know, I, so
1: I, I, I stopped. So then they're even more alienated. So that's how I really think there's been an impact with COVID in that way. Um, And then in addition to COVID, there's been climate crises. So -hmm. we're actually in a climate crisis right now. A lot of our students are worried about that. But then if you think about Hurricane Fiona, we had hundreds and hundreds of international students impacted, lost their apartment, lost their laptop, had a fire, and they're not eligible for... Any provincial government support, they're not eligible for Red oh, yeah, Cross support. because they're just like on a
0: study permit.
1: They're on a study permit. Right. They're not eligible for any of those supports. So what we've done is we we went to the government and said, hey, you know, could you help us support these students because the two one one calls were directed to us. So we're getting calls of students oh. saying. I only have one night in a apartment for the from the Red Cross, but then I'm on my own, I have no food, I have, I have nothing. You know, it was early fall, they just arrived, some of these students in their first year. Mm. So we went to try to find a, and we asked the government and they said, no, they're not eligible because of God, the fact damn. that they're on a study yeah, yeah, permit, yeah. right? So we went to a private donor, got money, and put it out there to all of the universities, and within 48 hours had, close to 400 applicants that met the criteria oh that were in God. dire need right. of financial assistance. So, the world is changing and the the climate crisis is one of those things and that's not going to stop. I mean, there's only, you know, we're seeing flooding, we're seeing hurricanes. So what is, what's going to happen to our international students mm. that aren't eligible for those supports, right?
0: I mean, with the advocacy work, do you think there is any, I guess, I mean, it, it's not even changing what you can do based on the permit you have, but this is a very special circumstance, you know? Do you, do you think that there might be some change or some addition for circumstances like that?
1: Well, the the one body that I've spoken to this about thus far is the federal government. So Global Affairs Canada.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they, they heard, I think they heard that message. Um, I'm going to advocate that that's included in their international education strategy at a national level mm. uh, moving forward because that's not only going to impact Nova Scotia, that's <laughs> going to impact the rest of the country. Yeah. So I think we're going to have to set aside some monies to be able to address, you know, the international students that are going yeah, through these climate crisis. Because it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. Yeah,
0: yeah, we are never Sadly, making, yeah, Sadly. yeah, we are not uh, doing things. Anyway, anyway. Yep. Um. So I guess we we what's like a typical day for you, Shana, at work? <laughs> you know what? It's not typical. Every every day is a new adventure. <laughs> yes.
1: Every day is a new adventure. Yeah.
0: Um.
1: I. You know we have a fabulous team. We. Most of our uh, team members are graduates of Nova Scotia universities, and they've, they've been international students, mm-hmm. so they understand, you know, what it's like to need the support and what kind of supports that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, we have team meetings. I attend. Uh, government meetings. I write funding proposals. We're a, a little nonprofit, so I'm constantly, you know, in order to keep the lights on, um, you know, we only we depend on funding. Right. So you're writing proposals. You're seeking uh, money for the un- uh, upcoming year. You're trying to develop projects to support your membership support international students. And then you're Um, telling them
0: how you spend that money.
1: Then you report (laughs) on how you spend the money and the results. Right. Because it all is based on results. Mm. Right?
0: I mean, 87% hello.
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) And I do a load of presentations Uh um, because other provinces are super interested in what we're doing here in Nova Scotia, because 86% is, uh, you know, it's high. So the Mm -hmm. other provinces are thinking, you know, what are you doing? How could we do that too? So I do a lot of that. Um... I attend a lot of conferences, workshops, um, making sure that we're seeing what's going on in the rest of not only Canada, but the world. Oh. Because our goal is not only to be a leader in Canada, but we wanna be a global leader mm. in the international student experience. Mm. So keeping, you know, keeping a, um, a finger on the pulse of best practices around the world and seeing how we can be better and better and better. Because as you know, Nova Scotia is looking to double population by 2060. Mm. And as our population grows, all of the wonderful parts of that, filling labor market gaps, Mm. having people employed, Having full schools, you know, having a larger tax base where there's more money, more jobs, mm-hmm. all of those are wonderful spinoffs of population. But then there are also downsides. You know there's inflation. We have a challenge with affordable housing. Mm-hmm. We have challenge with food security. Um, so how do we make sure that we're adre- we're keeping in front of all of those challenges mm. as well because as population grows, the challenges with more people grows, mm. um, so those are I'm those are on top of everybody's mind, but we also want to make sure that we're you know making sure that we're communicating transparently mm. what it's like to come to Nova Scotia. So make sure you have your apartment, your housing settled. Before you come, you know, those kinds of things where we're Mm. not saying, oh, come, don't worry about it. It'll be fine, (laughs) you know, you know, we want to make sure that we're, you know, we're being responsible straight um, up and
0: straight. Yeah. No, Mm -hmm. no. okay. You know what? I have to ask you this because you have to be really good at your presentations to, you know, get the funding, get the point across. So how do you prepare for your presentations when you have to create one? And then when you have to actually do one.
1: Well, I, I generally start with research. I want to make sure I know what I'm talking about. I want to make sure that I'm uh, telling the story uh, that needs to be told. So I'm always looking at creating that narrative, telling that story, because all of this is a lot of it's built built on relationships and storytelling as well. Um, so you're creating your narrative, creating your story. I love good visuals, oh. and Nova Scotia is so full of such fabulous imagery and photography, and you know we have such wonderful uh, environment to work with. So mm. using great imagery and photography to showcase the story. Um, writing the good story, and then of course practice, practice, practice.
0: I, I think that's mm-hmm. the part I miss. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it takes
0: time, right? It right, takes right, time, right? Hey? right.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, the work at Dunova is doing is great, and um, like I said, I really love the website and how it has like, oh, we do this, and then we make sure people settle, and we show you what happens in Nova Scotia and stuff. Um, and how long have you been in this position now? A year and eight months. Mm. And what are some things that, I mean, apart from funding, because that's always difficult, what are some other difficulties you face? Are they doing well? Uh,
1: Funding is one of them. And seeking funding, but also a lot of our funding is year-over-year funding. I hate that! I hate
0: that! I'm I'm sorry, that just came up. Because it's like... um, I think it's March. you kind of like, what the f- are we, what's going to happen? I- <laughs> March is that, March madness.
2: <laughs> it's the hardest time, yes. hey?
1: Because you're thinking, okay, how much money do we have? What are the proposals that have been approved? Mm. How much money do we have for next year? What resources can we have? Can we hire, do we need to hire more staff? Do we... We don't have, you know, we have so many projects right now. We don't have the staff, but we don't have the, you know, necessarily that mm. all of the funding comes in on time. So, you know, there's that, you know, it's space. It's
0: such a juggling act. It is, and you only have one month to do all that thing. It's like, yeah, is it? It's a little bit frustrating, actually. It's, it, it's you really
1: have to be an entrepreneur in many ways mm. in order to work in a in a nonprofit mm. because you need to really be flexible mm. and adaptable yes 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 and you can't count on things because something that may seem like it's a, a good a solid deal something happens you know there's a change in the world there's a strike there you know something happens that mm. you can't plan for but then you have to to deal with so it's that messy middle mm. that merch messy middle merch madness mm. i think is is a challenge hey so i think that is that's certainly a challenge yeah um we have a very diverse uh, uh, team and staff. So we have to make sure our intercultural competence is uh. is is good. You know, we really need to be able to dig into our biases and understand one another and where everybody's coming from, because mm. we have so many nationalities and religions and languages. Mm. And all of our students are from everywhere. So we, you know, we really have to be able to do that kind of examination, investigation of our own right. cultural competence. Right.
2: Um,
1: so we do the IDI. So there's an inter- intercultural development inventory. Oh. And we actually have, our staff are trained in that. And we deliver that to our students as well.
2: Okay. So that
1: they dig, they're able to dig in and understand mm. so that they're ready for the workplace because they're... Many of them are going into a Canadian or Nova Scotian workplace. Mm. Um, so understanding, you know, where they com- they're coming from and where their workplace might have differences. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, ob- that's obviously a challenge, but it's very interesting, very interesting work because okay, you're doing amazing. a lot of, you know, inner speculation and, and uh, growth and development. Right? No, that's that's yeah.
0: that's really cool. And you mentioned your storytelling and the narrative, and I'm like, ah, that's why she started with, I went to Japan. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: And, oh, I see yeah. now. So, um, I mean, running such a wonderful organization must be interesting, has its own challenges, tasking a lot. How do you relax?
1: For me, relax is... My relaxation is often on my bike.
0: Oh, okay. I
1: love to ride my bike. Right. I love to walk, be in nature. So exercise for me is sort of where I get my, my stress release. Mm. Um, also connections with friends, with family, catching up. Um, I find that really, really helpful to make sure, you know, because there's good days and there's bad days.
2: Mm
1: and that there's always you know you're you're checking in there's somebody to talk to that you can kind of bounce things off or ideas or sometimes you have these amazing ideas and but there's not actually the funding to make it work right. and you know the frustrations like somebody to be able to <laughs> i need
0: to go cycle now exactly
1: <laughs> the frustrations right, you know right, we could right, be doing right. this amazing thing right. but um so yeah just finding those healthy ways to make sure you're you know keeping that frustration at bay mm. um and then i mean this part of Halifax is such a cool. I love art. I love theater. I love music. You know, keeping on top of all of that is mm-hmm. keeps the keeps the imagination and creativity.
0: Yes, yes, because you need a, a lot of that for what you do with all the juggling. <laughs> I, I'm gonna let you go with this question. Mm-hmm. You no, know? um, I mean, why do you think that um, international mm-hmm. students love Nova Scotia and actually decide to stay when they're here?
1: You know, we just did a really interesting project, which was a video testimonial project. Oh. So we had one of our graduates, our study and state graduates from each of our universities tell us their story. Mm. And these were all people that have decided to make Nova Scotia their home. Mm. They ne- didn't necessarily think that they would before they left Nigeria or Ghana or um, China. They they decided once they got here. So, in their stories, there is this common narrative of the challenges they faced. Mm-hmm. So, being lonely, leaving their family, leaving their friends, coming to a new culture, everything seems like so different, so crazy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They didn't get into the program that they wanted, you know, all of these challenges that they overcame. Mm-hmm. But the common thread throughout it was that there, the people, That are here in Nova Scotia helped them along their journey. Mm. They made friends, they made connections, their teachers were mentors, their teachers saw something in them. Mm. They graduated, they gained confidence, they became somebody new or somebody that they always were but they weren't able to explore Uh. in the confines of their own family or culture. So, you know, they became themselves. Mm. Um, But a lot of it has to do with the people, the friendliness, the culture, some of the openness, not always the case, but some of the openness of the people here in Nova Scotia. And that that has changed, changed their lives. And they're raising families here. They're going to stay here. They're settled. They're permanent residents, you know. Mm. Um, So I think. I would definitely say it's the people of Nova Scotia.
0: No, that's right. I can testify to that. It's like yep. Nova Scotians are just so nice. Mm. And, it, you know, people think it's like, oh, but it is actually really true. Shauna, thank you so much for coming and sharing the beautiful work that Nova does and, and, and giving me your time.
1: I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. You're a great interviewer. <laughs>